I have been so looking forward to our mini-series right here. Uh, Generous Joy is the name of it, where we're going to be pressing in and looking at a way to find incredible, lasting joy um, in your life. And I would say that probably every one of us would say we want lasting lots of joy in our life. But what if, what if it came in a package? What if it came in a form um, that you and I um, weren't expecting? Would you still want it then? I hope so. This path toward generous joy is definitely the road less traveled. In fact, as we press into the word of God, we're going to find that this is kind of a veering off of the road that our culture has kind of programmed our hearts and our minds to think about the way to get joy. So that's what we're going to do. This is a no guilt zone. This is an all hope zone and inspiration. So so we're going to just take this trip and we're going to see what God is calling us as a body and as individuals to do. And then you just decide what you want to do with it. That's what it is. This isn't a place where you come and get beat up. It's a place where we get to see God more clearly, see how we are, and then and see what he's calling us into. So that's what I invite you to do. Um, we just said that generous joy is a search for lasting joy and abundant joy in our life. And to do that, we're going to discover the secret link that joy has to generosity. And generosity has to joy. Now, much of what I'm going to share this week and next week in our mini-series comes from a wonderful book. And here it is. It's called The Treasure Principle by Pastor Randy Alcorn. Now, if you're not familiar with it, I want you to get familiar with it. In fact, Amanda is trying to find some low-cost copies. If you're here with us next week, there'll be some more information on that. But it's great. It's great. And uh, it's a short book um, that makes for long messages. So uh, I don't know if there's a dichotomy there, but you're going to love it. Okay, Alcorn starts the book by saying that all your life, all my life has been a treasure hunt, a treasure hunt for the perfect person and the perfect place. Jesus is that person. Heaven is that place. Now, if you're a Jesus follower, if you're a Christian, then you have already met the perfect person. You are already headed toward the perfect place. If you're not, we'll have an opportunity for you to become that. But if you are a Christian, you found, but here's the difference. We're not now yet living 24-7 in the way that we will with that person. We're not yet in that place. So we have a taste of this joy. We have a taste of this hope, but we plod through life very often. One foot in front of the other in the routine, in the drudgery. And we're looking for a joy that tends to evade us. We're looking for a treasure that we can't necessarily touch and hold. And there's a story about that. In the Bible of a first century Hebrew who's walking in the heat of the day through the fields and he's going to work to the city, right? And he's looking for a shortcut because even any divergence from the routine would be a refresher. So he finds when he takes this path that he hadn't taken before through a field and it belongs to somebody else, but this courtesy is afforded to travelers in that day. 
and there's dust on him, and there's sweat on him, and it's an uneven field, so he needs his staff to keep his balance. And as he places it down, as he comes down a little incline, he hears a, a thunk. That's not a rock. There's something just under the surface of the dirt. And he has a calling, he has busy, but he's curious, so he hits it again. Thunk. He knows, he knows, he can't linger, but, but he can't help himself. He's got to get down there. He throws his staff away, starts to clear away the dirt. Five minutes later, out comes his chest. It's glistening in the sun because it's rimmed with gold. And he, he decides he's going he's to flip open the, the rusty lock, and it's not hard because it's old. And he flips open the top, and it's filled with coins. It's filled with gold. It's filled with jewelry. It's filled with precious stones of every color. And he thinks... This must have been the treasure of somebody long ago who buried it and then soon after died and the secret of the treasure died with them. Now, listen, here's a side note. This is a parable. And when you read the parables, the parables have one central teaching truth. And the central teaching truth here is not to take advantage of whoever owned the treasure or whoever owns the field. It's about the joy of discovering hidden treasure. So don't get a sidetrack. So, so he says, he looks at the coins and they were minted in Rome seven decades ago. And then he thinks, what do I do? What do I do? There's no homestead here. Obviously, the, the landowner isn't aware of this. I'll, I'll close it up. I'll bury it. I'll cover it. I'll mark it. And, and I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And, and I can't just take it because that would be stealing. Whoever owns the field owns what's in the field. I have to buy this field. And so he's not plotting anymore. He's running. He's skipping. He's laughing. He's going home. He said, how do I buy this field? How do I buy this? It's going to take everything I own. It's going to take everything I own, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I'm going to sell my farm. I'm going to sell the crops. I'm going to sell um, my oxen. I'm going to sell the tools. I'm going to sell that sweet big screen TV. Yes, I got it. I'm going to sell it all. I'm selling it all, but I can buy this. Why? Because he found this unbelievable treasure. Right now, his life has taken a, f- a complete turn, complete turn from the drudgery to the joy. And he's excited. He has, he has veered into landscape that, that will leave him unchanged. He can't go back. He can't go back. He's got a new true north. Everything he does from this point on is directed toward that treasure. He's going to get it. He's going to get it because it's worthwhile. And Jesus captured this entire story in one verse of scripture. Here's what he said. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up then, say these words with me, in his joy, he sells everything. He sells everything that he has and buys that field. That's what we're talking about. In his joy, he did this. That's the generous joy we're talking about. This man was going through life. There's nothing wrong with this life that he was living of drudgery. But look, he had what he thought was treasure, but he has now discovered a greater treasure. And when he discovers that greater treasure, it gives him incredible joy to release what he used to think was valuable for what he now knows is of incredibly more value. That's what he does. He is excited to trade treasure of lesser value 
for treasure of far greater value. That's the takeaway from this story, okay? Now, this also doesn't only unearth treasures, it unearths a truth from God's word, which is repetitive. You know, we often like to try to find something obscure and we, we, we love that and that's okay. But when it's repetitive, you know it's important. And, and frankly, this one is a little uncomfortable. And here it is. Here's a summary of it. God sees our faith and our finances as inseparable. He's, now, I don't want you to flip the switch that says Tom wants my money. The church wants my No. This is about you finding generous joy. Okay? This is about me finding generous joy. But God sees our faith and our finances as inseparable. I mean, think about it. It's over and over and over again in Scripture. You remember Zacchaeus? We, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Wee little man was he. Well, the kid's song doesn't actually say what he was. He was a scumbag. He was a thief. He was a tax collector. He was a lowlife. But he met Jesus and his life got rocked, right? Everything that he used to do, take advantage of people. Look what happened. He says, after meeting Jesus, behold, Lord, half of my goods, 50%, I'm going to give it to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone, if I find out I stole anything, I'm going to repay it fourfold, right? This is, this is the heart change, right? What does Jesus say? He says, today, salvation has come to this house. That Zacchaeus, Zach's way of viewing wealth and other people and what really matters That shows that Jesus had already changed his heart. Think about John the Baptist, J to the B, right? The original Baptist, right? Okay, that's not true. Don't go telling people he was the first Baptist. It's not true. But John the Baptist, before before Jesus comes on the scene and he's baptizing people and he says, you need proof of repentance. And the people say, what's proof that my heart is true? He talks about the way we think of and handle money. Think of the thing. Three things he says is like in the beginning of Luke. He says, everybody share your clothes with the food and the poor, right? Tax collectors, don't pocket extra money. Soldiers, be content with what you pay. Don't steal more. He talks about the way to connect that is, is to think about money differently. Think about people differently. Think about God differently. And they all connect, You think about how Jesus praises the old woman who who gives all that she has to the offering. And then in Acts 2 and Acts 4, the the, the writer there is praising the people who are selling stuff just to take care of the people that they love that are in need, right? And it goes on and on and on and on. God connects our faith and our finances. This is not bad news. This is not guilt news. This is hope news. Now, this is in contrast. Look at the contrast to the rich young ruler, right? There's this rich old guy, young guy, who's really like he's a yuppie. He's successful, probably a dot-com dude. He comes to Jesus. He goes, what do I need to have um, inherit eternal life? Here's what Jesus says to him. He says, go, sell what you possess, give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. You'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Now, he's not going to buy his way into heaven. You get that, right? Jesus buys our way into heaven. He says, but, but this is the path. This is the path I want you to follow. Go sell what you possess. And the guy had lots. He had lots. And he said, I got a lot of treasure. 
I can't let go of that. I'm not going to do that. And here's what he does. When the young man heard this, he went away. What is that? Sorrowful. That's not generous joy. He was sorrowful for he had great possessions. Jesus knew that God, money was this guy's God. He's not going to serve God. He's not going to follow God until he dethrones the idol of money in his life. So he says, come, just give it away. You come follow me, you'll find true treasure. He says, no. So he hung on to what he perceived was real treasure. And this guy turned his back on what was real, legit, actual, deep, lasting treasure. And he goes away, sorrowful. Not our traveler, dude, right? He goes away with generous joy because he wants to let go. He wants to thrilled to exchange lesser treasure for greater treasure. That's the call of Jesus. If you're a Christian, spend your life letting go for his glory and the blessing of people of lesser treasure to have greater treasure. Now, Jesus in Matthew chapter six kind of puts this whole, what we'll call the generous joy principle, the treasure principle into light. And this, unfortunately, is one of the least known, least understood, most misinterpreted, or often ignored passages of Scripture. But not for us, because we're going to press into it. And there's so much here for us. Here's what Jesus said. He says, don't lay up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up what? Who? For yourselves. Treasures where? In heaven, where neither moth nor rust nor corrupt or destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For where, will you say that with me? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Do you see? He said, lay up for yourselves. He says, don't lay up for yourselves treasure on earth. Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. He's not saying, what is he saying? He's saying, don't lay up for yourself treasure. No, he's saying, yes, lay up for yourself treasure. Is he saying, don't lay up for yourself treasure on earth because earthly treasures are bad? No, he's not saying they're bad. He's just saying they don't last. They don't last. He's not saying all creation and money and things, they're bad. He's just saying they don't last. They don't last. You want something that you can enjoy forever? Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. In this, God is appealing to our enlightened self-interest. Do what is best. I want to point you to what is best. Lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. You know, he's saying, think about it. Think about it. Every garage sale item, every listing on Gunnison Marketplace is something that at one point people thought they couldn't live without. Now they're paying you to cart it off, right? If you ever go to a landfill when the snow melts, I encourage you to do it. It's very spiritual. No, I'm not kidding. Just to look over it. You're going to see old computers and televisions and furniture that used to be in style and all kinds. This is stuff that people went into debt to get 
at one point and now we're crushing it and covering it over with dirt and stuff. It's not that that stuff is bad. It's that it does not last. So you're seeking treasure that is lesser. And he's saying, he's giving you the best advice ever. He's saying this, everything you keep, you ultimately lose. Everything you give to God to reach others or to the poor in his name, you keep and enjoy forever. That's the best investment advice you and I will ever get. And it's free. It's free. He says, buy more of the stock that never goes down. Everybody's going, now Trump's in. I wonder if the stock market's going to crash. It's going to soar. It's going to... Who cares? I'm not buying that. I'm buying this. He's not saying buy more Apple. He's not saying buy more Amazon. He's saying buy more heavenly treasure for yourself. For yourself. This is good for you. And it's good for me because I get glory. And it's good for everybody else because you know the way you lay up heavenly treasure. It's by glorifying God, by blessing others, especially the needy. Nobody loses. And when you buy up heavenly treasure, there's not less treasure here for other people. There's more. Nobody loses. Everybody wins. There's lasting treasure. But we have to do this. Look, Jesus is saying, he warns us, right? That it's not if our earthly treasure gets lost. It's going to get lost. Either we lose it in life or it loses us in death, right? That's the truth. We either can bring it to the landfill or somebody else is going to, right? You're gonna lose it. It's not if, it's when. And he knows it doesn't last, so he's calling us to what lasts? No exceptions. But we have to realize that it's uh, better to forsake immediate gain for long-term gain. And we get this in certain areas. And I brought a few props for us to see. Now, if somebody that you know Maybe your child, maybe your friend, maybe a sibling said, I'm going to take five years worth of salary, whatever they make, and I'm going to buy at one time truckloads and truckloads of fresh avocados. Really? You would have that person committed, right? Five years of salary for avocado. God made it. It's delicious. There's a problem though. For three and a half weeks, they're as hard as rock. They're ripe for 15 minutes. After that 15 minutes, they're brown and mushy for all eternity. Don't spend five years of your salary on a truckload after truckload of avocados. It's stupid, right? What if you had $100,000 and on a whim... You're just going to buy fresh cut flowers. They're beautiful. God made them. Praise God for that. But they're going to look good for a week if you put the aspirin in. But after that, not so much, right? Why? Because they die and they pass away. And that's beautiful, but stupid, right? That's all he's saying. He's saying in the scope of eternity, What you and I and the world chase after most of the time is every bit as silly as cut flowers and avocado. If you stretch out eternity and and, and you think of what we go through to get stuff that we're going to lose or get tired of 
or it's going to lose us when we cack off. You know, it's not very smart. It's not very smart. It's doing this. It's doing this, right? Okay, no guilt. This is just inspiration. We get this. Cut that. Cut that image if you would. We get this about some things. But then I think it's like saving for retirement, right? And as Americans, I got to tell you, we're not great at it from what I read. We're just not because we have so many immediate needs that we don't plan or invest for the future. I'm not making this up. Take a look. Take a look at this. There you go. I don't get any Saving for retirement. Then we asked some older people when they actually did start saving. This gap between when we should start saving and when we actually do is one of the reasons why too many of us aren't prepared for retirement. Just start as early as you can. It's going to pay off in the future. If we all start saving a little more today, we'll all be better prepared tomorrow. I'm crying, Joe. I'm prepared for challenges. And whether you get a piece of rock or not, I, I want you to get the whole rock, okay? Right? Think about it. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who would tell you, like older people, like older than me, there are some of those, who would tell you, if I could talk to you about what I would do differently, I would have thought about my retirement a lot earlier. If you could talk to the saints of old, who are already dead, right? They would tell you and me, I would have thought more about eternity. I would have planned more for eternity. Who here really thinks about retirement that daily, right? Probably the closer that you are to it, the more you think about it. And some of us never do. We just never do. But what if I told you, you were going to be retired for 50 years? Oh, maybe I should think about that. What if I told you you're going to be retired for 500 years? What if I told you you're going to be retired for 5,000 years? Five million years. Wow. Maybe you should think about it. You and I may not just be not prepared for retirement. We may not be prepared for eternity, but that's God's mercy. That's God's grace. He's going to show us how to do it, right? Here, imagine you are going to move countries. You love the USA. I get it. It's great. Great country. But... You've been promised citizenship in a beautiful, incredible, indescribable country. I'm going to call heaven Beckistan. Okay? Just made that up. Okay. You see where I'm going with this, right? You are going to move there one day. Guaranteed. You don't know when, though. You're just going to get a text, right? The text is going to say, it's time to go. I thought I had gotten this text a couple of times. Turns out it was, it was false news, right? Not, but... You don't have time to pack. You don't have time to plan. It's time to go. And you want to go. Why? Because you've read about heaven Pakistan. You've seen pictures. You've heard people who have had glimpses about it, right? You want to go. You're going to go. It's great. However, there's a problem. Currency exchange. The U.S. does not recognize heaven Pakistan currency as having any value. Heaven Pakistan similarly does not recognize U.S. currency as having any value. So you cannot go to the bank and exchange U.S. currency for having Beckistan currency to prepare for that. So you have a couple of choices. One is ignore the fact that there's no currency exchange and just deal with it when you get there. 
Not a good choice. Not a good. The second one is you and I can start buying up heaven Beckestadian currency that you will be able to enjoy forever, right? That is, it, that is what it, exchanging lesser treasure, that, that is not bad. It just doesn't last for eternal great treasure. It's like, and you had this experience, you put on an old coat that you haven't had on for a year or two and you put your hand in the pocket and you pull out a Jackson, not a Jeremy Jackson, an Andrew Jackson, a $20 bill. Do you know the joy of this? Do you know the joy of this? It is a greater joy than just finding 20 bucks. It is greater joy than if somebody just gave you 20 bucks. Why? Because you put that money in there and it was waiting for you to come find it, right? It's even sweeter if it's somebody else's coat. Yes! No, I'm just kidding, but here's the deal. Treasure in heaven will be the same way on a greater scale. Something you put away that you're just waiting for you to find it. Bottom line, you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you, but you can send it up ahead for God's glory. You and I can send it up ahead. I think a thousand years from now, we're just going to be praising God for this truth. We're just, thank you. It's not, it's like going to Disney, right? Everybody's happy they're there. Everybody's happy they're there. When you're on the Matterhorn, when you're in Pirates of the Caribbean, you're just all the same, right? It's just all, you're great. Heaven, you're with Jesus, that great. But when we visited Disney, we were staying off property, right? At, the, at like the Slumlord Village. And there were people at the Grand Floridian eating breakfast with Belle and, and whatever you got, right? That's what I'm talking about. But you're still, everybody's happy because you're in the Magic Kingdom. I don't know that that's what it's like. But I'm just giving you whatever I got, right? So we got a couple of, we got a couple of keys. I, I hope you're taking notes because this is important. These keys, they're going to be um, four this week and then three next week, and then we'll go. Um, but these are keys to having this generous joy. We're going to take these steps. If you have something, write it down. Key number one, Jesus is the ultimate treasure. You got to get that straight. You are not, I am not ever going to buy my way into eternity. Jesus bought that for me. He is my ultimate treasure because he made you his. Get this? He said, the thing I don't have in heaven, the thing I don't have in eternity is you. So I'm coming. I created you. I'm coming to rescue you. But your sin disqualifies. I can't with sin bring you into my perfect kingdom. You'll infect it. So my perfect self is going to come down and take your sin. I'm going to steal your sin and put it on me. And then I'm going to pay for it on the cross as your substitute for your sin. And I'm going to let it destroy me so it doesn't destroy you. And I'm going to rise again and give you this new life that's bulletproof, that's sinless in me. And because of that, you have heaven. If Jesus is not your ultimate treasure, none of this makes sense. None of this makes sense. But you have an opportunity to say, Jesus, you are my treasure. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. That is the only reason some of you are here this morning is to make that decision. If Jesus is your treasure, then no matter how much you own or do not own, you are insanely rich. You are. And insanely, incredibly provided for. Which gives us the power uh, to open our hands of earthly things. 
earthly treasure and use it to glorify God. Use it to bless other people. Use it to celebrate his goodness. He refills. It gives us that. Jesus is the ultimate treasure. That has to be our baseline. Key number two, whoa. God owns, I manage. God owns, I manage. Here's your key verse, Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means everything that fills it. The world and those who dwell in it. Things and people. Everything and everyone belongs to God. Everything, everything you earn belongs to God. Everything. So what do you do? You and I do. We manage what he has done, right? We're stewards. And one day we will give account of our stewardship to some he has given much and, and them much will be expected. And some he's given a little, but whatever he has, whatever we have is his. So here's what we're going to do this week. We're going to go through, and I have these little post-it note things. We're going to go home and we're going to fill these out. We're going to put post-it notes on things. This is God's chair and God's refrigerator, God's couch and, and God's, we're going to label it as his, okay? And so I'm going to give you an opportunity to come up and pick a color that you like to see and just write, this is God's car and God's Ben and Jerry's and, God, and just stick it on stuff. And, and if you need, there's about 25 in each one. And if you need more than 25, well, that's a pretty good sign that you have too much stuff. <laughs> if you need more, they sell them at Walmart and you can go there because obviously you have no trouble with shopping. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you. But listen, we're going to put labels on stuff, not on other people's stuff. Don't go putting stuff on your husband's and go, this is God's thing. So give it away. No, this is for yourself, right? This is for you. This is for me. Don't do that to your wife either, right? God's, and then look, I got like Sharpies of different colors up here. You write like God's money on your debit card. Write that if you're brave enough. You can pick your color. Write that because it freaks people in Mario's out when you give it to them. <laughs> what do you mean it's God's money? Does God tip well? I'm like, yeah, he does. <laughs> you got to explain it to him. But it reminds me, God's money. I guess I'm not buying meth with this, right? <laughs> I wasn't going to anyway. They don't take credit cards. Um <laughs> It's a great reminder. If you and I just spent a week, right, doing this, looking at all this stuff as God's, then we would start to think and we'd start to ask, God, this is your stuff. What do you want me to do with it? And he'll tell you. Sometimes it's not giving it away. Sometimes it's just leveraging it for his glory and and other people's blessing in a way that you never thought. Curtis's are using this house to house a village. It's a beautiful thing. Praise God for you. Yeah, it's joy in your house, right? It's joy. They're happier than most people because they're generous more than most people. Yes. Look, just having a week to look at it. That's the joy, right? It's going to remind you. That makes our routine spending into a spiritual adventure. Okay, key number three, money leads, heart follows. Money leads, heart follows, not the other way around. Key verse, Jesus said this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What we spend our money on becomes a magnet for our hearts, right? Say, no, no, I invest in what I care about. What you invest in, you care about. If you buy something new, you're never more interested than when you just, right? If you're planning a big purchase, you're never more interested than when you have money at stake. Where your money goes, your heart goes. So 
No, no shame, no, no guilt. Just, just asking the question. Um, hang on. He says, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. I think I forgot to put this up there. Okay. Um, Rick Warren says, the way you store up treasure in heaven is by investing and getting people there. That's what you want. That's what you want. Okay, fourth. Last one for today. Okay. Yes, ballet background. Yes, you'd probably guess that. Heaven is my home. Heaven is my home. Earth is not my home. Listen to this scripture from Colossians 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, if Jesus is your treasure, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That's where your joy is. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are of earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Where? In the heavenly. Heavenly, set your mind, set your, set your heart. Here's the question. Can you or anyone else tell that heaven is your home by how you spend or invest your money? Because what we said before is true. God links our faith and our finances. So just ask yourself the question. Just ask yourself the question. Randy Alcorn in his book says, I'm convinced that the greatest deterrent to giving is this, the illusion that earth is our home. Many Christians dread the thought of leaving this world. Why? Because so many have stored up their treasures on earth, not in heaven. Each day brings us closer to death. If your treasure is on earth, that means each day brings you closer to losing your treasures. Conversely, if your treasure is in heaven, each day gets you closer to your treasure, does it not? You're either moving farther away or moving closer to it. You're either clinging to lesser treasure or grasping greater treasure. You're either walking away sorrowful because you think you have it or you're skipping and singing because you know you found it. You're going to release everything and God will not allow you to give yourself poor. Anyway, we're going to get to more of that next week. Okay? I just want generous joy for you. And I hate to close. I hate to even use a... Um, a country song illustration because you know how I feel about country music. Enjoy it now. It's not going to be in heaven. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I say that because my, my daughter is, um, is a fan of country music. But Carrie Underwood, a beautiful believer who sings of eternal things, has a song that says, this is my temporary home. This is my temporary home. Bible goes through. It says we're visitors, we're strangers, we're aliens, we're sojourners. We're here for blink. Don't use your best. Don't use all that God has given you for that which you will lose. That does not last. You're asking questions, and we'll answer them next week. I gotta support, support my family. I gotta do this. I got. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the thrust of your life the thrust of your heart and whether or not you're brave enough to find generous joy. To do that, we have to grab the keys. We have to unlock it. And the first key is Jesus is your ultimate treasure. And I ask you, is he? Because if he's not, none of this makes sense. That treasure is offered to you free. He wants to be. He will be, regardless of your past. You come, you say, Jesus, I confess 
that I have tried to find treasure in everything other than you. And I'm coming home. I believe what you did on the cross erases the relational distance between me and God, past, present, and future. I want you to be my treasure. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. Right like that. He'll do it. Oftentimes we need somebody to help. We have people who will help you in just a minute. Okay. Key number two, I manage, God owns. God owns, I manage. That's what these are about, right? But maybe you're finding in your life that it's all yours and you haven't really asked him. Or here's a spiritual way of doing it. I give to the church, everything else is mine. That's God's, this is, and I'll use him as a spiritual guy. No, it's all his. This is going to take us a step closer. But maybe you need to repent of that. The other one is, the next one is, the heart, money leads, the heart follows. Maybe your heart has followed your money. And you want your heart to follow God. You want to put your heart in eternal things. You can do that. Maybe heaven is not your home. Maybe earth is your home. And then you're going to lose everything and Jesus doesn't want that. That's why he came. That's why he's talking about lasting treasure. Change your address. Change your address. You can do that. Um, We got some response time. If you're a prayer, would you stand and come up? If you pray with people, you guys, yeah, you, my wife, yeah, good, Josh. Maybe it's one of these issues. Maybe you just want a blessing. Maybe you're just tired of the snow. Maybe you have a tough week coming up and you just want some encouragement. Maybe there's somebody in your life who's suffering and you want a blessing for them. Maybe you have a question. It doesn't matter. We're people of prayer. You want prayer? You want blessing? You want joy? You come get it, okay? This is your time. We're gonna have our offering. You come up, you take one of these things, um, your post-its are here. Um, this confidential giving thing, maybe you were here two weeks ago and you said, I'm, I'm all about that. I want that. Take one of those. Okay. Um, use the offering. Here's some Sharpies. If you want to write, um, God's money on your debit card, you do that. This is the time for us to respond. Look, you and I can't afford to miss out on generous joy. I hope you'll be here with us next week. Let's sing, let's pray, let's get prayer. Let's be changed. Let's take a new road. I love you.